The Storm Runner by J.C. Cervantes, Chapter 2. When I opened my eyes, the sky was a sea of black and the world was muffled, like I had cotton balls stuffed in my ears. I rolled over with a groan and saw that I'd tumbled about 20 yards down from the bend. My head was pounding and, after a quick inventory, I found two scraped wrists and a bleeding elbow. Then I remembered. Rosie, where was she? I got to my feet, frantically scanning the dark. Rosie, come on, girl. I was about to climb back up to the top when I thought I heard her cry near the base. Rosie! Quickly, I hobbled to the bottom of the trail, feeling woozy and lightheaded. When I got there, I squatted to catch my breath. That's when Mom showed up. She fell to her knees in front of me and death gripped my shoulders. Her eyes were flooded with tears and she was spitting out all kinds of Spanish, mostly gracias, adios, which she always did when she was pleased. I heard the explosion, she cried. I meant to check on you and you weren't in your bed and she gripped me tighter. I told you not to come out here, especially at night. What were you thinking? I'm okay, I said, slipping under my butt. I looked up at the beast, blacker than a desert eagle. How long have I been knocked out? Have you seen Rosie? I asked hopefully, but mom didn't answer. She was too busy thanking the saints and squeezing me. My heart started to jackhammer against my chest in a terrible panic. Mom, I shrugged her off me. Where is she? A second later, Rosie was there with my pain tucked in her mouth. I took it from her and she began licking my face and pawing me like she was making sure I was really alive. I pulled my dog to me, hugging her broad chest, burying my face in her neck so mom wouldn't see the tears forming. I love you, you stupid, stupid dog, I whispered so only Rosie could hear. It didn't take long for the ambulance cops, fire trucks, and camera crews to show up. Was everyone here just for me? Then I remembered the creepy guy who had crashed. He definitely needed more help than I did. Within a few minutes, the paramedics checked me out, bandaged my cuts, and told mom I had a bump on the head and I should get a CT scan. That sounded expensive. I'm fine, I said, standing to prove it. I could read the paramedics' doubtful elevator eyes taking me in and stopping on my pain. I've got a straw leg, I told him, leaning against my pain, thinking that that sounded better than freak leg. Mom shook her head. What's wrong with your leg? The paramedic asked. His right leg just hasn't caught up with the left one yet, she said. The truth was, nobody knew. Not a single doctor had been able to tell us definitively why my leg hadn't grown properly. Which meant I could probably be on one of those medical mystery shows if I wanted to. I'd for sure rather be a mystery than a definition. I was glad mom didn't say anything about my right foot. It was two sizes smaller than my left one, which is why mom had always had to buy two stupid pairs of shoes every time I wore out a pair. The cops were next. After I told Officer Smart, real name, no lie, what happened, she said, so the plane just crashed into the crater. I nodded, keeping a tight grip on Rosie, who was dancing in place and whining as she stared at the volcano. We're safe now, girl, I told her in a low voice. Smart continued with the questions. Did the plane look like it was in trouble? Did it make any weird sounds? Was there any smoke? I shook my head. There'd been no signs of distress. But I recalled the pilot's glowing red eyes and long fangs. I must have imagined them. Well, Officer Smart asked, I don't remember. The less I said, the better. If I told them what I'd seen, they'd really think I needed a head scan. What happened to the pilot? I had, asked. I had to ask. Smart glanced at mom like she was looking for permission to tell me the awful truth. We haven't found anyone, Smart said. There's a search crew on the way. I didn't see how anyone could have survived crashing onto... Hold on. Search crew? My body stiffened. What if they found my cave? It would be all over the news, and all kinds of explorers would show up thinking it was their volcano. A car pulled up, and a second later, Mr. O and his cab got out. They crossed the night desert slowly. 
She was wearing her big Chanel sunglasses to cover her non-working eyes, and he had on his wide-brimmed cowboy hat, as usual, to cover his baldness. They looked like an old married couple, but unfortunately, Mr. O, for Mr. O, that wasn't the case. He was always asking me questions about her. What's your favorite color? Does she ever talk about me? Do you think she'd go out with me? So one day, I finally asked Miss Cow if she'd ever be Mr. O's girlfriend. By the look she gave me, you'd think I had asked her to leap into a fire pit. I never told Mr. O about it because I knew it would make him feel fatter and balder than he already did, and he hadn't given up. He was always working on some scheme to get her to go out to dinner with him. I respected the guy for that. Zane, Mr. O said as he led Miss Cad by the arm. His brown eyes were huge with worry. I saw the explosion. Are you okay? Did the fire catch you? Catch, Miss Cad mumbled as she pushed her sunglasses, her glasses up the bridge of her nose. I must have drop rolled just in time, I thought. Mom patted my shoulders. Thank the saints he's safe now. No good comes from stepping out of your house in the middle of the night, Zane, Miss Cat said. What were you thinking? She turned her head toward the volcano, and even behind her sunglasses, I could see her scowl. Her hands went to the Maya jade pendant dangling from a leather cord around her neck. She told me once that a protector spirit lived inside the jade. Seemed a pretty lame and claustrophobic place to live. Smart asked to speak alone to Mom, and they wandered out of earshot. Before I could wonder what that was about, Miss Cat took me aside. I told you, this place is muy peligroso. You shouldn't spend time here. It's not dangerous, I argued. At least it wasn't before tonight, I thought. Evil works here, Zane. Miss Cat adjusted her sunglasses. I can sense it. You must stay away. Ha! Huh. If she only knew, I'd found a way inside. Good thing her psychic abilities were hit and miss. It would seriously, it would seriously stink if she could see everything. Did you predict the plane crash, I asked? Did you know what was going to happen? Rosie chose that moment to break free. She took off running toward the volcano. Even with only three legs, she was a little rocket. I went after her, taking long strides, wishing I could break into a run. Still, I was a crazy fast hobbler. Rosie, Zane, mom called after me. I jumped from shadow to shadow to slip past the searchers. I headed around to the other side of the mountain in the direction Rosie had gone. When I got there, the coast was clear. No one else was nosing around there yet. Smoke curled from the top of the beast as if it were awake. Rosie stood at the base, barking like crazy. I picked my way toward her, wondering what had gotten her so worked up, and was finally able to grab her collar. Then my eyes followed hers until I saw what she saw. I didn't think I'd hit my head that hard. I froze, thinking what I was seeing had to be a hallucination. Still, I wasn't sure what exactly it had been in the cockpit when the plane was coming straight toward me. An alien? A monster? A junk pilot in a really good Halloween costume? Whatever it was, it had to have been killed in that crash. Yet here the dude was, behind the scrub brush, a mere 20 feet in front of me, hunched over and digging like a wild animal. In the flesh, it was even more hideous than before, and it for sure wasn't an alien or an award-winning costume. It it looked like one of the monsters from my mythology book, except this guy was a whole lot uglier. The monster's skin was a pasty bluish gray in the moonlight. It didn't wear any clothes, but it didn't need any. Its bloated body was covered in patches of dark hair. Cauliflower-like ears drooped down its bulging neck. It turned and looked at me straight on with its huge, lidless eyes. Standing up to its full, freakish 10-foot height, it hobbled toward me, dragging its knuckles across the ground. How the heck had this dude fit in my in that tiny plane? It hit something at me that sounded like ah pooch, or maybe it was ah puke. My mind was reeling too much to be sure. 
I opened my mouth to scream, but nothing came out. A black, a giant black owl with glowing yellow eyes circled just a few feet above my head. It swooped so low I had to duck to avoid its talons. Mom caught up with me then. Zane, what's wrong with you? Why did you run off like that? Mom, get back. Why wasn't she screaming? The monster opened its awful mouth and yellow slime reached out. Rosie howled like a banshee. I gripped my cane, ready to stab the thing in the eye. Anything to keep it away from mom. In that same moment, the monster groaned and disappeared in a trail, in a thin trail of smoke that curled into the sky. My heart double punched my ribs. Did did you see it? See what? Mom felt my forehead. You're scaring me, Zane. Maybe you should give up soon. I'm fine, really. It was just a coyote. Except it was I wasn't fine. Not even close. I patted Rosie to calm her. No, both of us then. At least my dog had seen the monster too. But why hadn't mom? Mississippi thrust, she said. Let's get you to bed. The second my mom left my bedroom, I checked my Maya book. I found an illustration that was pretty close to the creature, down to the hairy knuckles and bulging eyes. I read the caption twice to be sure. A demon of Jibalba under the er, the underworld, I whispered to Rosie. But how can that be? These are just stories, not real life. She pawed my leg and whimpered. Yeah, I'm pooped out too, girl. I slid the book beneath my bed and hopped under the covers. Rosie groaned. Right, get rid of it. I retrieved the book, then got up and went to my dresser, where Mom made me keep a vial of holy water. I splashed some on the picture of the demon, then shoved the book under the pile of dirty clothes in my closet and shut the door. Once I was back in bed, Rosie settled against me, and I could feel her heart beat thudding, telling me she was still scared. It was impossible to fall asleep. Seeing the plane crash had been terrible, and thinking Rosie could have been burned was pretty bad, too. Seeing that evil thing had been, well, beyond horrible. And then there was the weirdness with Mom. Why hadn't she been able to see the demon, too? What if it had attacked us, I wondered. Could Rosie and I have protected her? I squeezed my eyes closed, but I couldn't escape the terrifying image. But something else terrified me even more knowing that with my bum leg, I'd never be able to run fast enough to escape the monster. End of chapter two.